to Parade of Dicks. I am your host, Lucy Buttons, sometimes known as the Dick Finder General. And I am here with my co-producer, John L. What's up? What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? And if I'm our, good. our listeners are wondering why Lucy's voice is different for this episode, she is calling in. From the wonderful, wonderful world of a few stops away. I'm, <laughs> I'm too lazy <laughs> to come, and I'm in bed. And I just you, got back from my trip. So there you go. And that now would, we're not just in your bedroom, we're in mine. Do I sound weird, though? No, it's, it sounds fine. It's like uh, when we um, interviewed Ty and we, we interviewed uh, Scooter, so it should be good. I don't sound as good, though, is what you're saying, basically. Well, our mics are pretty dope, so yeah. I so how are you? fancy headset Ooh. i'm okay i was traveling i i went home for the holidays Talk and about um where is home if you can share it i'm from appleton wisconsin i think yes. most people know that it's on my profile there you go wisconsin and wisconsin so uh the, the I greatest went city the- on earth <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we went to, um, well, my partner traveled home with me and met my family for the first time. Dun, dun, dun. I know. And we went to Milwaukee and then up to Appleton. We went to a Packers game on what? December 23rd when it was what? like nine fucking degrees outside. And it's not covered. So yeah. it's freezing. That's the best. That it is the freaking best. Cold. It was just cold. So, I mean, it was, it was a nice, it was a gift, and it was a nice thing to do and for him to do, but, you know, kind of just fucking cold. The whole trip was cold. It's unbelievably cold. And it's cold and here. We went, it's cold here coming back. I was very disappointed, but it was 40 when I left, got there, and it was 20, and then it was negative, like, the whole trip. Nice. Um, we went to House on the Rock. I don't even know what Do you know what House on the Rock no. is? No. Oh my God, it's so cool. You have to look it up. So it's in the middle of nowhere, uh, Wisconsin, further southwest. And um, a guy built a house on top of a rock sometime in the 60s or 70s. It looks very 70s with carpet on the walls and the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and so you have this kind of weird house, which I definitely recommend going in the summer because it's freezing cold. Um, but then he has all of his collections displayed and a big part of his collections were these old, um, music instruments, um, that play themselves. So there was some from the, like the piano that plays himself. Yeah. But way more interesting than that. And further back than that, um, which I had seen some of them that play from paper that has little holes in it, or there's Mm -hmm. a piece of steel that has, uh, perforate has been perforated. Um, but he also built these whole rooms, which are ornate, and everything's over the top um, with chandeliers and silks and all this stuff. And then it would be an orchestra that plays itself through an air compressor. So it's really amazing. And actually, you should know about it because you're a nerd. Ouch. And uh, in the book American Gods, mm-hmm. um, it's all based around how you read it. I have read it. It's one of my favorite game and books. So then you should know what House on the Rock is because that's where they're meeting. And they talk all about it in the book. Okay. And I then, thought it was a fake thing, but all right. No, it's a real place. And then um, we watched the series. So then we I didn't know about it until last year, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to go and see it. So we went there, went down to Chicago, did a couple of gigs for New Year's. 
and went back to Milwaukee. We saw the bronze fawns and then came home. And Look I went straight you. to work this morning. <laughs> you, had, you had a very productive holiday season. Oh, my God. It was so much running around. I had to drive in the snow. Yeah. I hadn't well, done that in a while. Well, um, how did the introduction to the parents go and the family go? It was good. It was good. I mean, I knew it would be, so Uneventful. no worries there. No, no, um, yeah, uh, no special weird conversations. Not while I was present. Nah. He was very, he was very uh, polite, as I knew he would be, and yeah. Um, but apparently, after I left, the first thing that my father asked him was, "So, how do you really feel about her dancing?" Ah, <laughs> so that's a good question, though. Yeah, I I guess. I think, um, wait, I thought your parents are 100% behind your dancing or still no? I mean, behind my dancing. I don't think they love the fact that it's burlesque and that I'm uh, stripping. Oh, well, at least they're semi-supportive or semi-accepting. They're pretty supportive, but, you know, whatever. So mom, they're dad, pretty, and then sister? Views. Mom, dad, siblings, etc. Mm. So it was a good time. How about you? How were your holidays? Uh, my holidays was pretty good. It was semi-eventful. It's not something like uh, the usual New York party at a bar kind of thing, but it was kind of. A lot of food. Um, I made a point the past, so the past seven days, I've had dinner with a friend uh, at least once during the day. That's so, so, nice. Yeah, I wanted to get fat. And eat good food, meet friends, uh, had dinner with uh, Pandora one of those nights. Was supposed to have dinner with Kendra, but she had to call and be work. So, yeah, uh, work friends, former work friends. Um, New Year's Eve was really, really good. Uh, we had an amazing dinner. Very fancy restaurant, a place where he and I will never have access to without the connections. <laughs> um, and then the rest of the night, we were at... Um, a wine bar, the wine bar that we hang out all the time with um, unlimited champagne and hors d'oeuvres all night. And it wasn't. And packed. what about Christmas? Oh, Christmas was just uh, same thing. I had uh, Christmas Eve. I actually was a little more intimate. It was just me and one of my bros, Kurt. We went to a um, to Greenpoint to one of those uh, breweries that will can their own beer for you. They had really, really good tasty uh, beers, a lot of beer food. We were just watching football the whole day. But the days leading up to um, to Christmas had, uh, again, dinner with a bunch of different friends to in another different I just really friends. wanted to know if your Christmas this year was better than our Christmas last year. <laughs> well, no, our Christmas last year bottom was special. Bottom line, Janelle, come on, get to the bottom line. Uh, our Christmas last year was special. Although the day itself, Christmas Eve, where we had our our chicken and our salads last year with Allegra, uh, yeah, nothing can beat Wasn't that. Wasn't that on Christmas Day? I think it was Eve. We did it Eve. Are you sure? Well, I'm. I'm in my brain. It was Eve. <laughs> Um, and, and although I love my homeboy, Kurt, and I love watching football, it was just him and I, kind of little, little two dudes watching football on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, um, it wasn't bad, but it could have been way, way better. However, right. all the days leading up to Christmas and New Year this year is 
exponentially better than last because uh, good. I had more plans. Well, you did this good self care, yeah. So you you made lots mm-hmm. of plans, which is good. Lots of moves. So, lots of so moves. So Donnell, what I want to talk about today for our Dictus qualifier is people who like to throw money at problems. Wow, wow! I think that's a personal attack towards me. It's not a personal attack <laughs> towards you, but I did. I did used to date someone who, anytime there was anything wrong or broken or whatever the easiest thing to do was to just buy a new one or give someone lots of money or whatever and sometimes that's really not the solution sometimes the solution is to fix it or to take some time and like Mm -hmm. figure it out or do more research like I just don't think that's always the solution and I find it really annoying because it's almost pompous. Like you just think you can spend more money and then everything will be perfect. I both agree and disagree with your uh, perspective on the issue. I, I'm i going to be honest and I'm guilty that I... Sp- I know you are. Most of the time will <laughs> hire somebody to do a lot of different stuff or ask a friend to do it for me. Um, a few things. So yes, it's not sexy for a dude like myself. To not be able to assemble stuff properly. To I hang pictures? Hang, I, I did hang it myself, though. <laughs> I did hang it myself. So it took me a year, but I did finally hang the few photos that I have had printed and framed. But it's also been over a year that I've wanted my walls to be painted, and it's still not. I could paint your walls. Right. I'm a good painter. Let's do it. Uh, and like, uh, I, No, I don't want to, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, how can you not do that? Yeah. Have a painting party. Uh yeah um but even even when I first moved into this apartment um I think I mentioned this to all of my friends um I spent a week just ordering everything that I needed collated it for another week and then on the third week I hired one person to assemble and move everything for me so one it's that's because you grew up rich and privileged not necessarily that I'm rich or privileged but one, I, I said that you grew up rich and privileged, <laughs> I, so you're used to it. Uh, we weren't treated that princely, but um, I'm busy. I, I don't have um, um, I don't have a lot of time to. You are do, busy, and I get that. I also, I think, yes, I, I must admit, I could be better at being handy, but also, I'm very, very efficient. Like um, in one day, my entire apartment was fixed. So right. I, I do my research. Um, you know, I will throw efficient amount of money at it. I'm not going to overpay for anything uh, mm-hmm. for something. So also I will exhaust other resources before paying for someone or buying it outright. Like we have friends that are handy. Um, we, um, uh, we, we have connections or like you said, do a party for it. Like one of the... Um, I think in my first apartment, that's what we did. We wanted, we did a housewarming party so we can have silverware in the apartment and stuff like that. So, or records. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there's a there's a time when you should just spend the money and do it right, et cetera, et cetera, and where that's necessary. But it's just that idea that you can just throw money at things and have things however you want them in your own made up time frame and. It's that attitude that I don't really like. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's a it's a it's a combination of having the money, sometimes having too much money, and not being urged to learn or do things uh, by yourself. Um, yeah, it's bad. And I'm from Wisconsin, so we don't do that. You know what I mean? Like I re- I can paint your walls, I can change a light fixture, I can 
do things for myself. So the idea, especially like when I was dating in New York City, that um, a guy doesn't know how to do anything is just not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I know that's old fashioned, but. Oh, especially like I know in, in on the New York uh, market, it's more apartment based, more assembling furniture, which unfortunately I just never really want enjoyed or been good at. Um, but in other parts, you can't of the- get good at something you don't do. That's true. Uh, I've tried. I mean, there were there was. I, hey, I built my own IKEA furniture uh, um, before too because it's just prohibitively expensive to find somebody to do it for you if it's not efficient enough. It's just going if it's one shelf and you're gonna pay a hundred bucks to have that shelf built. That's not efficient. But right. if I can pay one dude one hundred bucks to have my entire apartment assembled, then that's kind of cool. But in other parts of the country too, I think it it becomes more prevalent in like vehicles. Like I know how to change a tire. I may not know how to fix an engine or diagnose a problem of a car, but you know if we get if we get stuck in an abandoned highway and there's no signal and there's no triple A to to text or to call, I know how to change a car. Uh, change a uh, a few tires. Sorry. Am I on your phone? Why do you keep moving? I'm getting motion sick looking at you. Sorry. Yeah, I'm holding you up. <laughs> if I, if Set I, me down. Don't you have one of those little prop things? I, Damn. I left it in the office. Okay. Okay. So um, like, <laughs> what other – so give me an instance where you uh, or your partner have, have uh, or did not like the idea of throwing money at it. Give me an example. And let's see, like, we if either we. I can have no idea. It. I didn't know I was gonna have to cite a real example this time. Why not? Think you have two brains. Ugh, I don't know. I'm not with someone like that anymore because I fucking hate it. Mm. That's good. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, again, for me, I had my apartment um, arranged. I will sometimes coax people to come over for food to get their opinions with regards to furniture placement. Um. Or help me um, see what type, what vegetables are, because I don't know what vegetables are. <laughs> uh, Idiot. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's just, you know, I like old things. So I would rather mm. fix my antique dresser and have it working than buy a new one. You buying me a new one from Ikea does nothing for me. That is I don't true. want it. That I is, want mm-hmm. an old, beautiful thing. That, that or is... I'm perfectly happy with the things I have. So part of the reason I want to talk about this, one of my friends told me that I sound uh, sometimes like, you know, I was um, uh, looking for a sugar daddy or um, a gold digger of some sort. And that's definitely not the case. But I like what I like. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably not replace most things if they would just keep working. Mm-hmm. So the, whenever something breaks or malfunctions or whatever and it just needs a repair i would rather just have it repaired plus i I do try to be earth conscious so i'm like reduce Mm -hmm. reuse recycle right so just this throw out culture that we have and throwing money at things like it's going to make me happy it's not that's true I, i guess it's it's part of it's not necessarily um the money part it's being not conscious of the value of things or not being careful with the things that you have so conversely for me um uh, i i recently bought expensive sneakers and i have friends that are big sneaker heads 
and then there's certain etiquette or or ways of using your sneakers in order to either highlight its value or make sure that you know that you're doing kind of like any other shoe or any other fancy bag but i'm the type of person where i bought i want to buy good things and i want to wear them ragged i don't want them to be too taken care of so if i bought brand new yeezys i'm not gonna wear them like once every month i'm gonna wear them every time i know uh people will see my feet yeah and if it if it breaks if it breaks they're shoes exactly you know, but I mean, like, they're meant to be worn. It's ridiculous. You know, um, I have a friend that has a thing with hats. This these um snapback hats, and they have each hat that he buys has a case that takes up so much uh, closet space. It's like I like finer things, but I won't. I won't want my things to be prohibitive for me to really, really enjoy. And if it, that means breaking the things that I have and buying new ones, that I'll do. Except that I don't want them to. Um, um, treat them like with uh, with with uh, with gloves. Everything that I have, okay, gloves. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's a very American thing, and it's a an very American thing that I detest because it's not it's not really about having the nice things; it's about showing off the nice things. Yeah. So it's a very privileged person's reality to have shoes that look like they've never been worn, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But in reality, people that have the money to really afford those things use them. They do wear them. They wear their Louis Vuittons. They wear their their Celine handbags and all of that. And they do get damaged and they don't freak out about it because they can afford to buy a new one. Yeah, I it's wanna... sort of, and I think it was a part of pop culture and hip hop culture that you should have these status symbols and that they should always look like that because then it makes you look like you're accomplished in some way and all of the the brands on clothes and all of that and none of it means anything. So yeah. it's really I don't I don't like dressing that way or being that way at all. So yeah, I yeah. agree with you there. I don't want to be wasteful. So, that's a thing, but still you don't want to yeah. also not use the resources that you have. Like if I didn't have money I won't be able to. I'm not going to spend the $100 that I don't have to have things fixed for me because that's just, right. uh, you know, irresponsible. But, you know, if I had 50 bucks and I'm helping somebody out because it's you know, giving them a job, oh, that's how I rationalize having stuff fixed for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, like I have my grandmother's ring and, and I had the diamond fly out of it a couple, one of the diamonds fly out of it a couple of times. People are like, why are you wearing that? New York City, it's dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, my grandmother wore this every day. She never took it off. She cleaned the toilets with it. <laughs> she scrubbed the floors with it. You know, like, that's it's meant to be worn. It's not meant to be sitting in a drawer. True. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and same with my new vintage ring. So what I want to talk about today, while Sweet. it's fresh in my mind, mm-hmm. speaking of my travel, right. I fucking hate Southwest Airlines. <laughs> There is no bigger dick for us to talk about than this hor- like horrific airline, horrible system, this lining up. That I've never flown Southwest before, and I fucking hate them. So on our flight to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. we took one direct flight. It was a pretty short flight. I, you know, I've flown and traveled by myself lots of times and not thought about a lot of other things other than why isn't there just a family airline? But to line up with these arbitrary numbers, it has nothing to do with when you check in. Nope. Right? 
So that's bullshit because if you were to line up for anything else in life, it would have to do with when you check in. You can pay more to skip it even at the last minute, mm-hmm. which makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. So and then and then even if you do pay extra to skip it, they have a pre-board for who knows other Premium, privileged people. First class Premium, yeah, right. business so they travelers. get on even if you upgraded there's still other people going before you. There's still the disabled people, which I don't really have an issue with, except that it's a free-for-all. So why even bother at that point? Because you don't give a shit how comfortable anyone is. And then, so on the flight there, didn't do any of that. I didn't, neither of us knew, we're like, okay, two free bags or whatever, but like, had a middle seat with two dudes on either side that were like pissed that I existed. Because we were in the C group. And then um, he was in between a couple who decided to take either side of a three-seater and had their baby. Proceeded to sing to the baby. The baby is crying and making noise the entire flight. Babies do that. I get that. It's Mm -hmm. not comfortable for them. They don't understand what's happening. But it's a horrific system. Families, couples should be able to sit together. People should be able to save their seats. People are going to the back of the plane, having to come up further to find an event. Like, it was just, it's totally inefficient. What is this bullshit? Do you like it? Have you ever flown it? How can we make it come to an end? I hate that. (laughs) Um, I think nowadays, um, it's not just Southwest. Like, my my personal experience or personal bad experience has has always been through Delta. But um, easy travel or, or... Convenient air travel is now the exception rather than the supposed it's norm. It's not I tagged my own bag. The airport mm-hmm. returning was a fucking nightmare. It was the, the the guy behind the counter taking the bags was like, quit being so polite. Just come up here. Come up here because mm-hmm. people weren't going fast mm-hmm. enough. Everyone tags their own bags. Then they have you put another tag on if you're transferring. Oh. Then you like that you do yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like seriously what are we paying you for South- and then there's the woman telling me which line to go in like you know where you'd be more helpful behind the fucking counter <laughs> taking people's bags helping people check in mm-hmm. because everyone was running late for their flight there was a woman there with four sick children not just kind of sick like they had the sniffles she had a big bag full of medicine she had wow. those mask things that you have them breathe into you know the oxygen takes... mask itself what the f- why are you flying with these four sick children it looked like torture and they were on our flight and then and touching things and shit was flying out of their nose <laughs> the germaphobe so yeah the germaphobe always so the first flight was horrible you have the baby crying some guy behind me was singing too who thinks it's okay to sing on a fucking airplane <laughs> It's not okay to sing on an airplane ever, ever, ever. So that was our experience getting there. And then, of course, I got to get in the car and drive a few hours to get to our actual destination. And then on the way back, we wanted to counteract this, right? So we made sure to check in yesterday, Mm -hmm. thinking that would help our place in line. It did not. Nope. So then we we thought, well, maybe we'll tell them we just got engaged. And then they'll bump you up. <laughs> and then they'll bump me or tell or tell them what a horrible experience we had. Mm-hmm. And the woman didn't give a fuck. And I said, okay, but wait a minute. It was A1 through 15, but seats are still available. And she's like, uh-huh. And I said, but you're not willing to help us and it doesn't mean anything. She's like, yeah, that's correct. Wow. But they're available if you want to upgrade. So then what I did 
was I upgraded. He didn't. I took his code on with me and saved it. And people were coming. They're like, is that seat available? I'm like, nope. Um, so Southwest is considered a budget airline and they are the most horrible. There are actually some worse worse airlines. But they're than not that. usually cheap. They're usually expensive to fly. Because I th- the thing that I know about Southwest is that they are the only flights that can go to certain places from certain places. Okay, I'm not even done. What? So I upgraded. This is why I wanted to rant about this today. So I upgraded. So we could sit together. And that did work out. We did get to sit together, thankfully. And actually, can you not just ask the person sitting beside him to switch with you? If you were, if you, if there were two seats in the same row, on the first flight, we were like five rows apart. Okay. I mean, if, if like the person sitting beside either Hugh or, or him is traveling by themselves or not necessarily with a close family that they need to, like just friends. Sure. I would just switch. I mean, imagine those four sick kids were spread out all over the airplane. You know what I mean? Ew. So there's there must be some system to it. Mm-hmm. But when I was a single person traveling and there would be couples that didn't get their seats together because they didn't bother to do it or they didn't want to pay it or whatever. And then they would do that. I was always annoyed because I had reserved my window seat yep. or my aisle seat yep. or whatever the fuck. I do the and aisle. I'm not going to move to your shitty middle seat <laughs> because you booked your flight last and you expect everyone to accommodate you. I don't think that's fair either. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, everybody wants to save a buck or everybody is not as prepared as other people. Um, but yeah, that's it's, it's a big... Uh, airlines have so many things that they need to um, Six Sigma or make more efficient. Um and even just like the lining up for going into the the the, the it's airplane, it's horrible. And then you stand in the thing for yeah. ten minutes, and it's cold. But that wasn't even the worst part, Chana. The worst part was I get on the plane, and the first row, you know, where you can where you have all the leg room. I know uh-huh. you don't need the leg room. I need the leg room. Just to hey, I need the leg room. Well, my knees are against the seat, mm-hmm. and I have a bad knee, as you know, so I need to be able to stretch out at least that leg, mm-hmm. if not. And then I have to put my handbag underneath. So if you sit in the first row, you can't put your handbag underneath. Underneath, yeah, you have to put it on top. You have to put everything on top. So I don't usually like to do that if I have cash with me. You know, I don't want to put my handbag on top. That's not comfortable, and maybe I'll need something that's in it or whatever. And I'm a good flyer. I usually get on the plane sit in my window seat, and I don't fucking move. Unless it's a really long flight, I don't go to the bathroom. I don't walk around. I don't bother anybody. I'll usually be asleep before the flight takes off and wake up for maybe water and, like, at the end of the flight. That's it. I'm And I'm ready to go. When that door opens, I have all of my things collected, and I am ready to walk off the plane. Running out. Running out that door. I don't door. fuck around. Yeah, and I don't – and I don't – I also – well, okay, I'll get, I'll get there in a minute. <laughs> You're a great flyer, Lucy I'm a Buttons. good flyer, and I, yeah, and I really can't stand people. I get that not everyone flies often, but they do tell you, like, mm-hmm. just fucking get prepared. You know the plane has landed, and you're going to deboard. Like, what is the issue? So anyway, the worst, most offensive part is, though, in that three-seater, in the first row, there was a sign that said uh, that, that one of the seats was taken or reserved or something. And it didn't say what it was for. So I sat behind it and there was a disabled person on the other side that had assistance being seated. So I sat behind that row so we could have our two seats, not knowing what that was about. Mm -hmm. Right. And after 
all of A and B had boarded the plane, not knowing why this seat is reserved, and then the other two seats in that first row had been filled in. Are you following? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then finally the stewardess comes around and says, oh, just so you know, there's going to be an extra large service dog here on the floor. Yes. And that's why this sign is here. So you know how I feel about dogs in restaurants. Yep. It's and worse in airplanes. <laughs> yeah, to, to dogs on planes. No, I'm not allergic, but I have some friends, Pandora is one of them, mm-hmm. who are really allergic. So I don't understand why this is allowed at all. They also serve peanuts, by the way. That's a different issue. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why people think their dogs are privileged to go everywhere. So I did some research a while ago. And people say, you know, they're seeing eye dogs and, and various there's, things. There's ser- emotional support dogs. Right. It's a big so thing. So service animals are trained. They're specific breeds mm-hmm. and they've gone through vigorous training and they actually do things for the people. They guide around blind mm-hmm. people or if you have seizures or MS or something mm-hmm. like that, they can call for help mm-hmm. and they can bring you things. They're trained. They're licensed and they get a, the little jacket thing or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's its own thing. Those legally can go anywhere. I have no issue with those, just to be really clear. I think that's an amazing thing, and I and I know people that that has helped a lot. Now, emotional support dogs are a new thing. So I, uh, I have friends that have them, and I don't have an issue with them having them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, to me, it's a little bit like our whole country is emotional. <laughs> we need we need anxiety meds. We need antidepressants. Mm-hmm. We need all sorts of things to get through our life, and that's fine. And I'm not saying that I'm not even guilty of that sometimes. But it's basically that you're just always butthurt and you need a friend. You're too lonely and you need a friend. It would be like you bringing whiskey everywhere. I'm sure you would love to do that. She's your best friend. Yeah, but it's it's prohibitively expensive for me to bring a cat wherever I go. Besides the fact that it's expensive, it's a ridiculous concept. Mm -hmm. You're an adult and you can figure out how to get around and do things. So now people get emotional support dogs. They get a note from their shrink. Yep. And they think they're allowed to have a dog or a cat in a non-pet own uh, in a building where pets are not allowed not okay because your neighbors might be allergic or they Mm -hmm. just might not want to fucking listen to your barking dog and those emotional support dogs are not trained at all they do nothing other than offer companionship well they're supposed to be not as trained as a support uh, as a service dog but they they're supposed to be qualifications but you're right all they all these people need is uh, a a note from the doctor um and the vet and the thing is i know about this a little bit well because one my employee had just had just came back with the same thing like uh she always travels with her dog and she travels quite a bit um it's short distances but still like she has her dog when she like nobody wants to leave their pet Mm -hmm. but that's not a reason to to think that you're privileged enough that you get to do that and unfortunately in new york everybody's letting it slide and they're letting it go everywhere it's not legal everybody has a friend doctor (laughs) yeah Yeah, but 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 it's not legal you cannot you don't get those privileges that a service dog gets with your emotional support dog they are not synonymous and they are not offered the same things so now you see on the train they made a new rule that your dog has to be in a bag which should help for people who are deathly allergic and will blow up Mm -hmm. but people they're fucking stupid ass privileged asses and it's always fucking white people (laughs) and they're fucking walking their stupid ass little dog and sometimes they'll buy them the little vest online which you know they're not 
a service dog. They're just an emotional support dog. And their owner is a fucking asshole liar. So then they tell us there's this extra large dog coming. And I like big eye roll, right? Like, are you serious? You saved a seat. So I can't reserve a seat for a human being. But they can't for but a dog. But we've saved a seat for this one human being who has to bring an equal sized emotional support dog, which they don't pay for. Oof. And so now they're bringing it on the flight and it's going to sit in front of the other two people's feet, I'm assuming, because they said extra large, right? Mm-hmm. So I was so annoyed by this. I could not believe that this was possible, but if, I just like mumbled it, mumbled it to the man. And like, you know, even the woman on the other side was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And then they don't show up. So now we've reserved a seat on a flight where it's a free-for-all, where we treat everyone like Mm -hmm. cattle and we're herding them in, and the fucking dog doesn't show up, but we would have reserved it for that. And there are other people walking their dogs on on a fucking leash, which is not supposed to be the case, and it just totally disregards... Yeah, and then they serve fucking peanuts. It's just... It's insane. Our world has gone insane. I hate everyone. I hate Southwest. I can't (laughs) believe that we value animals more than humans and that's not to say that you shouldn't value animals i grew up with dogs i've lived with a bunch of cats love cats but they're that's no people are paying for the privilege of flying yeah i think you can't i can't put my handbag on the floor there but you can put a whole dog there (laughs) people can hold their babies but i can't hold my handbag or a hat or whatever Mm -hmm. and then because I pre-boarded and I paid the extra money, I put my bag up there and I had all my antiques that I picked up on my trip and closed the thing. And then they were opening, trying to shove more things. And I said, excuse me, you That's know, those closed. are fragile, mm. so it can't get squished. And she's like, well, can you put it under seat? I'm like, no, because I have my fucking handbag under my mm-hmm. fucking seat. And I got on the plane and paid the extra money to get on here and get a spot. Check your fucking two free bags. You, again, privileged <laughs> assholes. Because you don't even have to pay for it. Like, I don't get it. Wait, you don't have Every- to pay for checked bags? On Southwest, you get two free checked bags. Then just check it, goddammit. Yeah, and these are people coming on with cases that are bigger than the thing. Mm-hmm. So everybody's just lost their goddamn minds. And the flight attendants were rude. I was pissed off about the whole thing. I was trolling Southwest today on Twitter. I just... <laughs> I can't... I'm tired of getting terrible service. And the prices keep going up and up and up. And... um. And, you know, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Um, <laughs> no, it's like everybody is, is, is so onion skin and so super wanting everything to be done for them. And they don't want to exert the same effort back. Um, it kind of makes a giant imbalance with regards to respect and human treatment. Um, and, and you hit it on the nose. You We treat pets better than other people. Um and that makes other people even more assholish than all they already are. Absolutely. Yeah. The world has gone insane and I can't do it anymore. And I just felt like we needed to talk about it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Airline travel. Remember the days in the 70s and 80s when you had to dress up in your Sunday best when you want to travel? You arrived at you at the airport two, three hours before just to make sure that you're not late. Um, you know, they serve you actual meals. Well, back then you can smoke in a plane and stuff like that too. But, um, yeah, because it's been highly commoditized and you're right, it's a, it's a flying school bus. They just want to cram you in, get you to the destination and dump you out. Um, it's, um, 
I feel also as a frequent traveler, the value for our money um, has great down yeah, significantly. It has greatly decreased only because uh, it's it's become a price war. People have been just making more and more budget airlines where you have to pay for every single thing if you just want to save two, three, four more dollars. Like, you know, every bag. Have you flown Spirit? Because I heard that about Spirit. So, yeah, that's the last flight that I took when I went to New Orleans. I went for Spirit because it's super cheap. Um, You can't bring any check-in baggage and you can't bring any hand carry. So I had to pay for my hand. Right, you have to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. But that's good. For me at that point, like that, the time the the time that I was traveling was friendly enough for me that I don't need extra. Um, I wasn't gonna go there for long. I'm just gonna party. There's no work. But you know the thing is that whole thing backfired. I think the airlines decided they were gonna start charging for check bag, thinking they would just raise the price that mm-hmm. each person was paying, not thinking that people were so fucking petty and cheap that they would just cram their stuff into a tiny bag. And figure it out. Yep. And then um, if it's so too they big, they'll check it. it anyway. They'll check it anyway. And it delays flights mm-hmm. because there's not enough room for yep. everybody to be bringing the rollers. And the whole thing is insane. And then the other rant that I just wanted to do on traveling was that when you're getting off the fucking airplane, going back to not being ready, I am of the opinion if I'm standing in the aisle and I have all of my things and I don't have to hold anyone up, that I should be able to walk and that the people that are in like the window in seat, front of right? you. Mm-hmm. So the people right on the aisle would go first. And then while they're going, the middle people would mm-hmm. collect their things and go in between, you know, cause there yeah. are going to be people pulling things here and there. So those people go in between and while they're going, the window people get ready. But instead everyone thinks we should file out like it's a fucking theater. And so the whole first row goes and the whole second row and grandma in the third row can't get mm-hmm. to her shit because it's five rows back because she boarded last and hasn't traveled in 10 years and it holds everybody up and it's bullshit. People have places to go, things to do, traveling for business and I've had like heated arguments with people about it and I'm a very, I try to treat everyone politely and be very civilized but I just, I can't do it anymore. I was happy to be home where sanity prevails, however, it does not, you know, but fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny thing because uh, I'm also flying to Seattle on in a week and a half uh, just to chill with some friends. But yeah, I've, I've, I've been trying to travel a lot more. Our money is not um, as powerful as before. Um, everything is such a struggle nowadays from as soon as you, you know, our TSA stuff. Uh, taking oh out my their God, shoes, absolutely. taking well, out their belt. If they're me, why do I have to take off my clothes? Why do I have to take off my coat? One dude why puts, do I have to take off my shoes? Yeah, one dude puts a bomb in his shoe. Everybody needs to take a bomb, uh, their shoes off. And I, I appreciate... just to make people feel safe. Exactly. If you're not any safer because of it, it's complete bullshit. It's an invasion. We are customers, and and they're, do, they're treating us as though we're criminals. And... It just does not play with me. And I know there's there's a few uh, airlines out there that has done a better job. Like I love flying um, Virgin. I also love flying JetBlue. Um, yeah, Virgin was pretty good. That's yeah. how we went to uh, uh, London. Yeah. So I mean, I, I there there are some airports that are better than the others. I know everybody's trying to do their best, but the idea is. Um, this is yeah you're right this is a service industry this is travel I know safety is paramount I am the fact that 
human beings safety are... Safety is an illusion yeah, in but the, all places. The fact that we are human beings giving a being gifted the gift of flight to travel thousands of miles um, in seemingly a fraction of the time that they used to travel, that's not lost on me. But also, I paid for this shit. As, Absolutely. As a customer and also as a fellow passenger, it's... it's um, we as passengers, we have our own responsibilities to uphold, behave, be ready, come on time, don't stink, um, um, you know, just do your stuff uh, in advance so that your other, uh, because everybody is trying to get to a place that they need to get to. So it's just now, nowadays, it's, it's the exception to have a great flight rather than the norm. Like Absolutely. now it's like every, everything, everybody is. Uh, like you know, it's down to how I look. Like it, when I had long hair, every airport that I got into, I get I got the random check a hundred percent. Though the wow, the two times that I didn't get the random check, I was like, oh, surprise, oh shit, I didn't get a random check. But you know, I know it's for safety. I know it's process, but I think it's not for safety though, Janelle. It's racist bullshit. It's definitely illusion. I have a friend who's Persian. And when she was a blonde, she would go right through. When she has dark hair, she gets pulled too. Like, it's it's a bullshit system. It's horrible. I hate it all. Let's call this episode Flight of Dicks and <laughs> fucking troll the shit out of the Southwest because I hate those motherfuckers. Yeah, so... For, sound good? Sound good. And if we have uh, listeners out there that has, um, you know, more, more inside information on how these things go, I know there are some experts out there. People have been... Um, gift people that have had worse experience than us. I know we sound like we're just complaining, but hey, that's it's our podcast. <laughs> people like my rants, so that's yeah. okay. Yeah, so uh, I hope that this doesn't happen to me in my flight to Seattle on the, I think I'm leaving on the 17th. Um, so, so yeah, um, um, anything else that you want to share with regards to your flight of fancy? <laughs> that's it for today John L thanks everybody for listening and we'll uh, be back soon yep uh, paradedicks at gmail.com if you have comments insights and stories thank you very much for listening we are out bye